Welcome to MNF in the club. That's what I'm calling it right now, at least. I don't know if that's an official name. We'll see if it sticks. But this is the I-80 Club. I am Jack Mitchell along with Josh Peterson, your host here at the I-80 Club. And what do we do here? We do live podcasts that uh, if you're in the club that you can be a part of through our Discord page. You can interact with. You'll hear our, uh, you'll hear the comments and questions of our I-80 Club members tonight. And uh, you'll also get automatic, immediate access to these podcasts as well if you're a member of the club you won't have to wait like you had to if you're listening to this right now if you're a club member you could have listened to it right away on monday night after we were done uh but nonetheless that's what you get for three dollars or five dollars a month so we'd love for you to be a club member and this week and, and you get you get most weeks you get three live shows sometimes more occasionally less which was uh this week because of a whole lot of conflicts uh, yep. including the start time of the game, Josh doing the post-game show. Uh, yep. I had some stuff in the morning on Sunday. Josh had some stuff in the afternoon, and it just didn't work out. So this is the first time we've talked since the Purdue game. So hello, Josh. Good to be back in the club yeah. with you. Yeah, it's great. I missed I missed the friends. Um, it's, good to, it's good to sit here and, and have some conversations about Husker football and everything else in the world. It is. It is very much. Um, all right, where do you want to start? Do we want? Do we want to? Uh, is it worth addressing any further the elephant in the room before we we uh, get into all the other things? Which was my appearance on your show today. But the I guess elephant, for at the least, elephant in the room of you having bad takes. At least for the people in the club who didn't hear it. I mean, it's it's been well documented on Twitter at this point. Um, but I mean, I mean, here's how it is. And I'm sure you're going to try and challenge the way that I characterize it. <laughs> Look at this. Look but, at you already walking back your stuff. No, 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 no. I'm sure you're going to challenge ah, Jake. I saw on Twitter that Jack was stoned. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I was accused of being stoned. Many were saying many. were I, wondering. Uh, uh, so we were having a very nice conversation where, uh, Josh, we does, were. it was very casual. We were reading through tweets. Josh does this uh, segment with John where they, they, they screenshot my tweets when I'm going crazy during games, and and then I'm sort of embarrassed. Holding. It's it's like a walk of shame for me yeah. during my tweets during the game every single time, but I still let them do it, and we go through it. And so we were doing that, and then I don't even know what we were talking about exactly. We were talking about the rest of the season, and you know, and, and we were kind of talking about – I think I was actually talking about the fact that I was, like, torn about Mickey, like my head – said it probably isn't the right decision, but there's a part of me that wants them to finish really successful and wants, you know, wants that to somehow happen, the Mickey thing to happen. And then we, I think we were talking about what would need to happen still, um, if I recall, what would need to happen still for Trev to, to really be serious about going that way. And I was like, I feel like it has to be more than a bowl game. And, and, and you know, we were talking about, okay, well, would three wins, three wins, like say getting the three home games to end the year, would that be enough? And I, if I recall, Josh, you so were saying, that's what you said, right? And then I said, "Oh, that would be great." You said that would be would, really I, impressive. Yeah, that'd be really impressive because the three again, the, real quick as, as we explain all this, the three games at home to finish the season are Illinois, Minnesota, and Wisconsin. So I said that, Jack, for the record, I said saying like, "Yeah, that'd be great." Yeah. Thinking, assuming that you would be like, "Yeah, absolutely, it would be," and thus <laughs> began ten minutes of yelling at each other. <laughs> and my only point was. My only point was I don't even know how impressive that would be to get those th- those I like it'd be good any win is good at this point I get that but for the purposes of evaluating Mickey Joseph like those aren't I don't know those don't even see like super home run wins for wow. me 
in terms of Top where those teams Illinois, are. Top 25 Illinois, first in the, in the division right now, not good enough for okay. Jack Mitchell. The guy who just wants one freaking win every time they play. Just give me this just, one win, God, Illinois, and I'll uh, never ask for anything again. But Illinois is not good enough for Jack. So for the record, Illinois would be the most impressive of them, of the three. Definitely. Definitely, De- definitely would. I mainly, I mainly, my main issue is now. Now I have the, I do believe, I still believe Purdue's the best team in the West, Josh. Now that I do believe, I will say that. I will continue to say that. I think Purdue is the best team in the West, and and I think a uh, contest on their home field is a more difficult proposition than any of those three games coming up. So that like that's a little background on what I think. You may disagree okay. with that, and I disagree. I definitely disagree with. That. Okay, well, and and so you believe at. So you believe well Illinois I guess you also believe Minnesota is better than Purdue despite Purdue beating the, them on Minnesota's no, home field. No, it's so I do think Illinois is better than Purdue. I think um where I guess we are a little different is that I think Nebraska the matchup with Purdue is actually better for Nebraska than the matchup will be with those other teams. Mm-hmm. Just because like if Purdue ran the ball like they did and they ran the ball very well it was what their first 200 plus yard rushing game in a conference game in 5 years if they did that I'm very worried that Illinois, Minnesota, and Wisconsin, not to mention the other two schools, too, are just going to mash the ball against their face for three and a half hours. I so it. I think it's just a bad matchup. I, I just, I'm, I'm just saying. See, I'm already getting it here on the message, on the, on the, <laughs> the things here. I don't know. Like nobody's ever going to understand what I'm saying. I just think the big. I don't think any win in the Big Ten West is going to be all that impressive at this point That's for so the purposes of. No, I, it doesn't even. It doesn't mean I think Nebraska is going three and zero in those games, necessarily. Yeah. But if we're talking about the context of our conversation, Josh was evaluating Mickey Joseph for having you know done the amazing with this team essentially. Yeah. And now that I know what I know now about where Nebraska is, where the division is, like I think they'll probably go one and two or two and one in those games. I think. I think. I think it'll be one of those two. Um, and I, I don't think it'll be three and I don't think it'll be zero and three. Like I don't think any of them are are, are either either of those three teams are world beaters. I think Illinois is the best, but I think the division really sucks. Like I think it really sucks um, to the point that like you know if if Nebraska was was where they were against Purdue at the end of that game, which you can you know there were warts in that game certainly. I I just don't I I would hope I would hope that they can go two and one in those three games. Yeah, I know you hope that, but I mean just given the lack of success, I guess we're not taking into account the 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 last I mean forever really with Wisconsin, but we're not taking into account the last like five years with these programs and just how Nebraska's played against them. Like cause I am. Not I'm viewing much. I'm not viewing no, I you just know, don't Illinois know how that just I, mean, I, don't, just I, I guess I don't know how that figures in that much. Nebraska had a winning record like against it, the, Purdue the lack of success they've had against Wisconsin doesn't matter to you in this discussion. It does to I, me. I guess some. I, I'm much. I am much more persuaded by what I've seen by this current Wisconsin team, and like I, I on all of the people who are just freaking out on me. Like I seriously wonder if they've watched Wisconsin this year. I seriously question. Oh, I think if they they've have. Watched, I, I, I have. I question it. I question that you've watched Wisconsin. I've, well, I'll answer it, and I've, I'll say this. I've watched Wisconsin. I don't think that they're a good team. But, Jack, not very good teams have beaten Nebraska plenty over the last the few thing. years. So, they're, they're, we have got this This fan base is a weird thing of, of, of like, of, I get it. Nebraska's got huge offensive line. They've got, they've got problems, and they've got some strengths right now. Mm-hmm. Ne- Nebraska's fan base, like, when they look at Nebraska, they look at, they focus on those 
those problems that are happening, which are definitely big ones, but there are some strengths, some things that are working right now too. And then when they look at other teams, it's like they they just gloss over the weaknesses. It's bizarre. Like it's glossing over them. The I just don't know like how you could see. And then and again, what I said about the Minnesota game is Tanner Morgan was in the hospital until Monday. I think. Like I don't I don't know that he's playing. And so that was a that also had a big part in what I'm saying. Now, if I'm wrong and he makes a comeback after two and a half weeks, then that's a different team. But they don't have a backup quarterback that is is hardly functioning. Josh, I don't know if you watched mm-hmm. the end of that Illinois game, but they are, it's problematic for Wisconsin. So that was also part of what I was was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I don't think people watch that game, so I don't think they know know that. I mean, I'll be honest, I missed the end of that game. Yeah. But yeah. I uh, for me for me, it's. A lot of this is the lack of success that the program's had. And and here's what I'll say, too, and, and I want to expand on this. Heck, we, we, we can do it tonight. We can do it another time moving forward. And I, I know I want to talk about it with John. But just given Nebraska's offense over the last month, like what they did on Saturday was very good and very, you know, it's very cool to watch. And I love, I love the bombing the ball. But this is also the same team that had no points in the first half versus Rutgers. And the, the 14 points that they scored in the second half were like pulling teeth. You know, they had a solid game, I think, against Indiana. For the most part, they scored 30. Well, they scored 28 because one of those touchdowns was the blocked punt. Um, They scored, what, 14 against Oklahoma? Like, this has been a very, very up-and-down offense. If if the offense was, I guess, like, coming out of the Georgia Southern game, I remember thinking, like, okay, well, they're going to lose some games, but the offense is going to allow them to win some games because they're just going to score a a ton of points every week. They haven't, though. And so some weeks, Trey Palmer goes for 200-plus. Other weeks, you know, they get two touchdowns against Rutgers. So I I guess, for me, that's why I still would be impressed because I don't know if the offense is going to have, like, as much success as I guess you think they will or could against those three teams. Here's the thing. What happened with the defense against against Rutgers? I mean, they, they had a great game. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and I yeah, get it, Rutgers really good is a bad offense, but guess what? Yeah. Wisconsin is too. Oh, for <laughs> I mean, sure. they are. I don't, like. Braylon Allen is good, though. Okay, they got a good, okay, they got a good, they got a good player. But well, I Braylon mean, Allen's better than anyone Rutgers has, is all I'm trying to say. Okay, but their, but their offense is anemic. Like, their, their offense has sucked. I don't know. That's what I don't understand is people focus on one side of the ledger and not the other when evaluating a football Jack, game. They suck, and yet he still has rushed for over 100 yards in four games this year, including the last two. Okay, like well, he mean, can so still. Anthony, this defensive Anthony line Grant is has horrible. 400 yard games too. What was that? Well, Anthony Grant has 400 yard. Yeah, games but those too. were all how long ago now? I mean, well, that I mean, feels like it's so far in the rear I just, view. I just, I, I, like, I, I don't know. I just feel like when you're looking at what's going to happen in a game, you've got to truly look at both sides of the ledger. I'm just, I'm the, trying to lay out why I think that those games are going to be tough, and you're not hearing them. I, I, I get. I, okay, fair enough. Well, I, or I, I hear them. I, I just think I still think like on you know the Rutgers one. Yeah, I, I, I get what you're saying is that the offense wasn't doing anything in that game, but the defense. You know the, the the defense played really well in that game, and 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 I don't think you can just discount that. You know what Nebraska did against Purdue and throwing the ball was a complete fluke. I mean, goodness, I mean Trey Palmer has had. I know it wasn't five of them in the in the previous two games, but no matter what, the, the defenses know this coming. This is coming, and somehow they still can't stop it. It's a little baffling to me, um, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I, I mean, I think that still factors into those games. 
that he's the leading receiver in college football right now. Yeah. No, it's all it's so, awesome, man. Like I hope that they can keep this up because yeah. you want to talk about a game changer. He is that game changer right yeah. now. He's a, he's a player that they. I mean, as good. I loved. I love. Uh, I like J.D. Spielman, Stanley Morgan, Wandale. Like this guy though is a different type of receiver. I, and he's doing stuff that Nebraska's maybe never had at that position. May I? I just. I. I'll, I'll, I'll just end it on this. I think. I don't know about Illinois. I think Minnesota, and, and particularly if they're without their quarterback right now, which again he he was in the hospital. I think yeah. they, you know, I don't know how with all the concussion stuff now. I don't know how quickly they're going to be willing to rush him out. But he got carted off at that point. Mm-hmm. It was nasty. Um, and and Wisconsin. I mean, they've got the potential to be stinky. Uh, Wisconsin has the potential to be stinky, terrible, bad, and they were last week against Michigan State, like bad. It's, I mean, it's certainly in the realm of possibility. They also could win in that mm-hmm. one. They also could win. Yeah. All three yeah. games, Nebraska that, – that's the thing. I think all three games Nebraska could lose. Illinois, I think, is the most difficult one. But I yes. I, I think they'll beat Wisconsin. I'll just say that. I think they'll beat Wisconsin. Uh, if if Tanner Morgan doesn't play, I think they'll beat Minnesota. I think uh, yeah. I think they'll probably lose to Illinois. I'm trying to figure out which one I think is most likely that they win. I think I'd probably say w- Wisconsin, then Minnesota, then Illinois. Well, that's, where, that's basically where I'm at, too. I think they'll probably yeah. lose to Illinois. I, don't, I think it, they're going to go one and two. I said one and two or two and one. See, I'm not even yeah. that out there on this. I know. So, see, we talked it out. Why You didn't have to be so triggered. I wasn't. I, I, wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't. I wasn't. But, like, everybody heard that, and they thought I was being a homer well, no, Nebraska. it was Jack. The weird part was not that, you, again even. that you just don't think that they'd be impressive wins given the lack of success that this team has had against anybody lately. I figured of all people, you would be like, "Yeah, this is awesome. Sign me up for Mickey Joseph." And it'd yet be you were fun. like, "No, it's I'd not celebrate. good enough for me." I'd it'd be fun. I'd celebrate. Um, but see, this like, is such bullshit, like, man. You know, if you, they win these games, we're gonna have to hose you down those at, nights on the show. At the end, like, of you the are day, going to lose it. Listen, at the end of the day, we had to evaluate where Iowa was. Nice. Nice. Which, by the way, not surprisingly, I supported that comment when everyone else hated it. Oh, I did too. That was a good take from Eichhorst. His lone good, good take. Was- and firing Bo. That was his other good take. Good takes, Sean. Uh-huh. You had two good takes in one day. And I'll that was be celebrating much too. Listen, I celebrated Rutgers. I celebrated Indiana. Okay, yeah. I celebrated both yeah. of those very extensively. But beating Wisconsin, the team that has not lost to Nebraska in a literal decade. Be, no, eh, I, that's just ho hum for Jack Mitchell. I will go. I'll <laughs> celebrate okay. it like a madman. I will. I oh ho hum. All right. Oh, fine. We need to. We need to. We need to move on. I just honestly, I just want people to admit Wisconsin does does suck. They that's do. It. Everyone's that's saying it. it. Okay, Everyone's good. saying they that's suck. It. Good. They suck. There. We all they said suck. it. We all said it. They suck. <laughs> Illinois. On, might, it, Jack, by the way, okay? by the way, one more thing. Illinois might yeah. suck. Yeah, I said that. Too. Okay, see now this is the take that I just don't understand. <laughs> Illinois is kicking the shit out of people right now. They are so physical. They run the ball so well. They might be worse than Purdue. Nebraska wants to be. I think Purdue. here's here's right. a take, and this can kind of be an offshoot conversation. Right. I think I think that Illinois has suddenly kind of turned into the team that that us around here are respecting, and it's it's starting to piss you off. They have Brett Bielema. They have a physical offense. They have a really good running back. Maybe. And it's making you mad because you're like, stop it. They play average Big Ten West football, and they win games because they're in the Big Ten West. And so I think it's starting to that's annoy true. you. I true think that's false. true. And, and and I would also ask that if we're going to do that, we need to – there's only a, so much respect you can have for that. You need to move the respect off of where it was before and slide okay. it over there. 
is one okay. one thing. Perfect. Well, you can't have that much respect to spread. You got to yeah, you got to dole it out. It's a finite amount of respect. If you're giving <laughs> you Illinois only have so respect, much respect to give. You've got to take it away from Wisconsin. <laughs> like it's just how it goes. This is a good bit. This is a good bit. You have ten respect points, and you have to spread them out. <laughs> right. Yes, Big Ten West team. Yes, you can't. <laughs> right. It's exactly right. And I know we loved Wisconsin because they were like mini Nebraska back from the '90s, and they wear red and white and physicality, right? And Barry Alvarez. Uh-huh. So they had. They had and seven. they have red uniforms. Let's see. Of the ten points, I think Wisconsin probably had six or seven. Iowa, just because of again physicality, good defense, a yeah, yeah. lot of yeah. walk-ons. Uh, yeah, oh, so oh, I think oh, they yeah, get. Guys. I'm going to give Iowa three in Big Ten West respect points. Oh, got to uh-huh. give Minnesota some. Although Fleck takes away from that, I think. Minnesota- well, hey, don't don't forget about Northwestern. Think of all the respect oh, points God. they had back in the day. See, it's hard with all these respect points and so much respect for the Big Ten West. Yeah. It's so hard. We respect them all so much. All great yeah. programs. Though it took Purdue a while to get some of those respect points. They didn't True. have very many. They don't the do it the right time. way. That's it. You know why? Because yep. yep. they don't do it teams. the right they way. They can't get respect. It's much harder. So, so, Jack, you did get so annoyed, too, when Brom got there because he started being good and everyone respected him. Like, oh, this is so cool. He wins in a different way. They'll find ways. So Every, the people will find – Nebraska fans will find way to respect the crap out of other teams. They'll respect the absolute <laughs> balls off anyone who comes into this division. Oh, Josh, good point. Don't forget, oh, you respect week. That's true. <laughs> All the respect points. We're going to the And here it is. Here it is, me with the bold take that, that Purdue – is the best team in the Big Ten West, and people are afraid I'm uh, disrespecting Illinois and Wisconsin with that. (laughs) (laughs) Which, by the way, Purdue directly beat Minnesota. I mean, in a head-to-head competition. They did. They did. Head-to-head. Nobody was injured. Everybody was there. Purdue won that game. No, Ibrahim didn't play in that game. Oh, yeah, you're right. See, there it is. There you go. And that Maccabee dude ran wild against them, too. I watched it. <laughs> that dude has a weird shaped body. Am I wrong? Yeah, yeah. He what was, is he the was deal with his body? It's what was that? What does the deal with that Maccabee's body? I don't. I don't. I don't it's know. just weirdly. They were talking about he's a wrestler. I don't know. It's just uh, he had a great game. Usually it's wrestlers just, have weird he, ears. He doesn't look like. A, yeah, he doesn't have a normal. I don't know if it's his legs, bottom half or top half is too big or or whatever it is, but. <laughs> If I never have to hear about Maccabee and his running style again, it'll be too soon. <laughs> How about that and O'Connell and Matt Millen on O'Connell? I wish I loved anything as much as Matt Millen loves Aiden O'Connell. Jeez. See, I missed I, – I, we talked about this a little today. I missed most of the O'Connell love because Look, I was on. at the station and we had the radio broadcast on to listen to. So I, people kept tweeting at me about this, like, what in the world's happening right now with Matt Millen? And I missed all of it. Oh, it was just, it was just, oh, like I, I told you on your show, it was just, it was, it was, O'Connell was having a good game. He was, Matt Millen was turning it into a moment in history. Uh, <laughs> oh, here, Husker for MU says, now Jack is body shaming some walk-on who hung 200 yards on us. Worried <laughs> I'm disrespecting them. There it is. The risk. Yeah, now we got to dole out the respect points to the actual players themselves. <laughs> he's a walk-on. There it is. Do you see that? He mentioned he's a walk-on. <laughs> Yeah, we love the walk-ons. Uh, okay, so let's get to the let's let's get to the uh, the game, which we kind of did in a roundabout way here. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. about this whole thing. Um, I don't, like I'm just not re- willing to con- to to concede that what the offense did and the way Nebraska stayed in that game was was all that fluky, e- even despite the obvious problems with the with the defense um, and the offensive line and the offensive, but. 
Like, do you really need an offensive line? Like, how did they? How did he get the ball away to Palmer all those times exactly? No, that, yeah, like, I mean, that's look, a serious question. Yeah. No, yeah, it's it's a good question. I mean, the thing is, luckily for Nebraska in this matchup in particular, Purdue's you know pass rush isn't that good. I'm pulling up the the numbers for the rest of the schedule. So you look at overall sacks moving forward. The Illinois that that now has many respect points. Illinois 23 sacks on the year. They're sixth in the country. Michigan is fourth in the country. Let's see. What is Wisconsin? Wisconsin. By the way, beating is, Michigan see, would impress me. Michigan beating what Michigan. Would, beating Michigan would impress me. Uh, okay, good. I'm happy. I'm happy to hear that. <laughs> Iowa is is middling, uh, and Minnesota is bad. So, like, I guess that's a positive is that the pass rushes that they're going to see, at least in terms of getting to the quarterback, not so much providing pressure, but getting there all the way, not very good for the teams that they have on the rest of the schedule. But that's that's still my concern. I just, I guess, I want to see Jack. To answer this question seriously, I want to see them win or at least have a good offensive performance like that two games in a row because that's still the one missing piece is that the offense, I I mean, it's really been an up and down, you know, good versus Northwestern for a half and then it went to shit basically after the onside kick. Horrible first half against North Dakota, a solid second half. You know, Georgia Southern was good but they always were behind Oklahoma. We've talked about, and we've talked about the other ones. So it's just, it has not been a consistent group. So if they could do that again, I will be very open to changing my tune, especially given that the next game will be against what a top five scoring defense in Illinois. So yeah, I just uh, want to see it again. The biggest difference I think in the offense, when they were doing that, the, you know, the, when we've had the thought was, well, you know, it's just going to be who holds or who breaks serve on this. The biggest difference in that, and this is pretty obvious is the running game, but specifically, specifically, I test Anthony. Like he, I, I keep thinking, oh, he's gonna have a play where, although it's not blocked that well, that he's gonna pick up a 15, 20 yard chunk, like we saw him do during the yep. beginning of the season, and he just hasn't. He, yep. he just hasn't had those. That's disappeared part. completely from the. Yeah, offense. like I kept, I kept when I thought about this offense, I thought those would be sprinkled in, um, and they just aren't. The, which yeah. is it which sucks, is a bummer. Man. It you sucks that he's not really involved in the offense anymore. Yeah, yeah. So there, and I don't know. I asked this question. I asked this question of Sipple today, and I'll ask it of you. Like, should they keep trying to run the ball? Like, I asked that knowing that it might not get a whole lot of success. But I do wonder: should they? Are they going away from the run game too early? For the record, I don't think they are. But I think it's an interesting question to ponder right now. Just given, I mean, you know, the lack of success and really the lack of carries, you know, it some runners, it does take them a little bit to get going. And I do think that Anthony Grant is good, but God, it just does not seem like Whipple has I mean, any faith. In the I don't know. It, right it's hard, rightfully but, so again, with how bad the line is. Well, well, like, but like for the Purdue game, you know, I know they had the three and out, um, you know, that was a key one, but like, it's hard to say not running the ball enough hurt the offense significantly in that game. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it's just, I would agree. It's just, it's really hard well, to look at that Well, here's where it hurt him. You know where it hurt him? The defense was on the field a ton. That's where it hurt him so, because they didn't run the clock. So I, I have a solution to that, by the way, okay. that I I probably will email to Whipple. But what it oh. is, here's what it is. Okay, so what it is is you line up uh, like you normally do, okay? And then what you do mm-hmm. is you bomb the ball the same way that you normally have to Trey Palmer. He's probably yeah. single coverage again with without a safety up high, which teams love to do with him. Still haven't <laughs> figured out why. So he beats them. He obviously makes the catch. Then is when the fun begins. He starts running back toward the line of scrimmage. Okay, 
And then oh. he, get, he gets to about, uh, oh, I don't know, probably maybe 15, 20 yards past the original line of scrimmage, slides down there. Nice. And you've so just, just got a 15-yard gain. Just a chunk gain, and you keep the offense on the field. That's a good it's idea. It's something to think about. With Trey Palmer's speed, I think he could really get back there, back close to the original line of scrimmage pretty quickly. Mickey's explaining it. Look, we just don't trust our intermediate passing game, so we decided to bomb it and then make it intermediate ourselves. Yes. It, like the We're time of possession, right away that changes your time of possession situation. It does. It keeps if you the, have, uh, the opposition's offense off the field. If you have four to five of those 15, 10 to 15-yard passes that start out as 60-yard passes and come back, think of the time you're burning at that point. The defense has time to take a nap on the sideline, essentially. They should be fresh as the driven snow. Dude, they'll be they'll be on the on the uh, sidelines as much as Purdue's defense was on the sidelines. It's gonna be a win win party for all. Right. Yeah. Uh, Travis makes a good point too. They're not very creative with the run game. Yeah. Like I don't. I yeah. don't know. I feel I just so much of the, this. Yeah. I don't know. Are, is there other stuff they could be doing? Uh, well, you know, here's and and I'm not a line guy, so I you know I'm gonna ask this question not really knowing the answer. But how much of this is just based on? them not trusting the offensive line and thus not being able to be as creative with the offensive line. Like, Maybe. that has to play a part in this, right? Maybe. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I, no. I, I, it's, a good, it's a good question. But, like, you know what I think would really help? And I know they're not going to do this and they don't want to do this, but, but really having the quarterback run game be something the defense has to worry about. Mm-hmm. I feel like that would change a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, it, it would. I've asked the question of a few of my sources, like, hey, do you think that they're going to do anything different in that regard? And it's not even, like, to get Casey Thompson off the field. It's just to get a different aspect of the game. And they're like, no. And then, and for the record, I asked that question, like, a month ago. I thought that that might be in, in play after uh, after they fired Frost and brought in Mickey, but doesn't seem like it. And I get it, too. Like, you worry about that injuring the quarterback or whatever, but maybe, like, a package or something? I don't know, you know? Yeah. Because, you know, like, yeah, no way. Once Casey's back in there, though, I don't know. It's just like that little shotgun handoff thing. I was like, man, if there was a potential that was a zone read thing where, and I know this is not advanced X's and O's talk here, but there's a potential Casey would pull that back and keep it. I feel like that would really change a a few times. That would really change the defense. Just being able to key in on, on Grant up the middle. Well, what about, like, the Wildcat? You know, like, what about yeah. doing um, – and I guess that's why a Logan would actually be, like, better for it because he can actually throw, too, so you wouldn't just have yeah. – but is that is that too gimmicky? Here's the thing, though. Like, nothing should be too gimmicky. You're trying to find wins, and you're trying to – sometimes you got to scheme your way I into put, victories, you know, with worse hey, players. You know what, though? That package could have been in there, and they didn't need it. Uh, yeah, did, that's true. Did, didn't really need it. And I yeah, agree. that's Yeah, we're saying all this about a team that did – Score a lot of yeah, points like, and, and put up a lot of yards. Through the, the issue is, like, if you look at, at Casey's numbers, the box score is pretty weird because he did not complete that many passes, but he has so many yards. Like, O'Connell threw the ball so much more, and I think he had, like, 40 yards, 40-something yards more than Casey did, even though he had, like, double the completions or something like that. So it just showed they Nebraska was hitting deep passes over and over and over. It was successful. We're, I guess – we're, we're kind of trying to not really retrofit a better victory against Purdue or a better opportunity for a victory. We're trying to figure out how to get more yards and points versus the rest of the And schedule. then, Josh, the other thing is that, like, I also think at some point, if you're having that much success deep, number one, I would continue to think the defensive backfields are going to adapt to that. Somehow they haven't. It's literally crazy that Nebraska's still able to do what they are with Trey Palmer. 
But I think the hope is that eventually there will be some adaptation by defenses, and that's going to loosen things up a little bit in the running game. Like, right? Yeah. Isn't that part of the, the reason to throw deep is to loosen things up? Definitely. And Purdue's, Purdue's rush defense, you know, they came into that game. I haven't looked at the updated numbers, but they came in really, really good, really stout against the run, yards per carry, yards per game, yada, yada, yada. And so, yeah, they, they would rather you throw the ball deep on them. And, and I, I wonder, too, like the calculus of, yeah, I guess they scored touchdowns, and so it's not 100%. But the calculus of, like, hey, let them go deep. They'll get their yards. But it's the hit rate on deep passes is not that great, you know? Even for Casey, like, they hit a lot of them in this game, and yet he still only completed about 50% of his passes. And so I wonder if they just took that risk. I want to see what happens with these other teams, with these better defensive teams, especially Illinois and especially Michigan. I want to see how they defend them because, I mean, you're right. This has been kind of a constant now for for Palmer what since like the Oklahoma game where they've just gone deep with them and it's worked and and so do, does anybody figure out something to, some to point, take it, it away from Nebraska? It doesn't seem that hard it doesn't seem that hard like the Indiana touchdown that Indiana game they never had a safety back there they had that yeah. corner on an island against him man to man and he can't I mean Trey Palmer's talented enough and fast enough that Big Ten corners who are mediocre can't cover him I mean that's no. yeah that, that's just where we're at right now with him that's not being overly boastful or anything like that. No, I mean, it's, I, it's a truth. Look at his numbers. He has the most yards in the country the right corners, now. Purdue corners, very factual. The Purdue corners could not cover him. They literally yeah. could not cover him. Um, and, and so I keep thinking, well, they're going to have a safety slide over. They're going to do something to change up the coverage to help. And nobody's done it yet. How yeah, can that be? Very odd. Like, how yeah, can that? It's, it's not like Purdue didn't have tape on that coming into that game either. What? Did, I mean, in both of the yeah, previous the last two games. Yeah, both of the previous two games, the things that killed that defense was a not necessarily a bomb so much in the Rutgers game, but Palmer getting behind the defense essentially. Mm-hmm. Strange, so, so I strange. Know. I don't. And then and then the other thing I will say on defense too, I agree with everything you said in terms of the assessment, and it's and I said this on your show today. It's mad. It, it's incredibly frustrating too because there were a few times where they were getting pressure, but they could not. They would like have O'Connell either. I, I, some of the bad tackling came back, I noticed, uh, mm-hmm. last uh, Saturday yes. night. And that included in the backfield a couple of times. And, you know, Robinson overrunning him on that fourth down play, which Dude, I'm sure is a that, difficult play to oh, make. But, man, horrible. they had him. They He gets yeah. that. He does. He somehow makes that stop. Cement feet. Um, he somehow makes that stop, and who knows? You know, Nebraska. Yeah, exactly. a, it's, a, it's an entirely different football game. Nebraska has a decent yeah, shot of winning that game. I don't think you can overemphasize not having Henrich or Reimer in that game, though. I, I I think if Reimer is in that game, that's a it's a very different defense. Yeah. Um, that said, I mean they had him early in the season and the defense still sucked. So true, true. But they also had him under the under Bill Bush when they've yeah, had Reimer. Yeah, that's true. When they've had Reimer, they've been nailed. I don't know about nails. Yeah. That's probably overstating it. But they've been good. They've been they've good. been better. Yeah, yeah. I just want to yeah. see now now what happens when they go against teams that are going to want to run them to death, and that that's. That's going to be hard. And, like, it's so funny. I remember the whole offseason, you know, we always talked about November. And and, and now we got to throw in the last game in October, too. But, like, this is what I wanted to see. Can the, the defensive line and the lack of depth hold up against this schedule? And that part of the schedule now has arrived. Right. And I think it's going to be really tough. And I also want to see when, when, you know, frankly, Illinois, Wisconsin, they're not going to – Minnesota, too – they're just not going to be the passing threat that Purdue and Aiden O'Connell is, and Jones is for Purdue. 
And so yeah. you, I mean, you defend them a little differently when that's not as much of a threat. It's going to be very bread and butter. You know, they're yeah. just, it's going to be meat and potatoes in terms yeah. of how they, they run the ball. So does that know? give you and a so better, if you're, not worried about, them. if you're not worried about that, does that make you better able to defend the run? I don't know the answer. Maybe not. But, you know, if you're being optimistic, you hope so <laughs> uh, with this whole thing. You want to so, do coaching search? Yeah, coaching search. Let's go. Jake says, hey, fellas, no worries if you don't have time. We'd love to hear your takes on the coaching search. Where you're at on Mickey being the guy, etc. Uh, sorry if you've exhausted your opinions on the air already. Jake, no need to apologize because we're going to have to exhaust our opinions on this thing anyway over the next uh, month and a half. Right. No. Well, that was what uh, got us Jack- into the first discussion, actually. But, yeah. But we did never yeah. actually get to the discussion. So Yeah, that's true. I don't know if, if I have really changed a whole lot. I, I, I will say this, and I, I kind of alluded to it last week on, on the radio, but I definitely feel a lot of fatigue. And I can't figure out if it's because this is what happens when you have a coaching search that lasts this long. Like, it really does show how important a traditional coaching search cycle is of, like, the firing happens, and then you're on to the next guy, like, right away throughout the week, and you hire a new coach within, like, a week or two. And just how normal that is and maybe how we've gotten used to it, either outside of the Callahan search, the other searches were very a normal length of time. They all took a week, and there were two of them, Bo and Frost in particular, that we knew they were the guy, and so it was very anticlimactic as we just waited for the thing to become official. The Riley one was obviously a different beast entirely, but that week was so much fun. Coaching searches that last for months, I am not a fan of, and I hope we never have to deal with one of these Again, because I think by this point in time, I don't think that there are a couple things. I don't think there's any consensus candidate because I think everyone has poked holes in every single candidate that there is. It reminds me, Jack, of like the top of the NFL draft when they're like two good quarterbacks. And by the time April rolls around, like Trevor Lawrence suddenly sucks. And it's like, well, yeah, but remember that one bad pass he had against whatever? And it's like. I feel like we're kind of doing that, and there's no Trevor Lawrence that Nebraska is going to be going after here, but it just seems like nobody really is going to be met with a whole lot of excitement. And, like, in the end, does that matter? I don't know, but it just – I don't know. I think everyone's pretty tired. I'm pretty tired, I think. Here's the crazy thing. I was talking to Dirk about this this morning. Like, take Mickey out of the equation. If you put up a a poll and gave, you know, whatever, all 20 possibilities or or whatever it is, like, I don't think I could even predict who would lead that poll. For Nebraska fans n- right now. No Maybe Miranda still? I don't know. Like, yeah. what's your best guess Leip- even? Leipold? Does Maybe. Do you think Leipold would lead? I guess. But, mm-hmm. the, but yet, if he got hired, would it be this, like, outpouring of excitement? Even if he – yeah, like, imagine the person who leads whatever – gets the plurality in that poll also is not going to be that exciting, I think, at this point, which goes to exactly what you were just saying. Yeah. Yeah, I don't – I don't know. I, I think Leipold maybe – but now they've lost two in a row. And, like, I know we keep making jokes about this, but that really does seem to cause people to ride the roller coaster a lot. Dave Aranda, they've lost, what, three games now. Matt Campbell, no. Bill O'Brien, like, I, Bill O'Brien, I think, is is one of – he might be the most qualified of all of the candidates that are, are getting mentioned the most, and yet he seems like one that might be met with the least amount of strong opinions. I think, like – Matt Campbell would have real strong opinions on both sides. Mm-hmm. Lance Leipold, same thing. I feel like Bill O'Brien is the one who it's either like, whoa, you know, or he's not that. He's very just like, eh, I don't, I don't really know how to feel about O'Brien. So he's yeah. interesting in that regard, too. I, somebody asked for our top five. 
I haven't thought. I, w- I wish I need. To, I wish I could find the top five I did on here. I probably could if I, I looked for it. But this is. Let's see. I I mean, first of all, like people like for me, like I don't think they're even really candidates. But like I still would be interested in like Mike Gundy, right? If oh, if that were yeah, a possibility, that'd be an incredible high. Yeah. So that's probably that's probably too. So I don't even feel it's like super good giving a top five. Like I still like Whittingham. I don't think he's coming. So if I do a yeah. top five, like I don't know who I shouldn't shouldn't include. Yeah, you almost have to do it based like, off of like the realistic names we're hearing. Yeah. You know? So I guess of the realist. So I will just say I would have Gundy and Whittingham in mind, but I don't think either of those are are probably going to happen. I, and and Lane probably isn't realistic either. But he's my oh, yeah, Lane, you, he's your number one. Lane Lane's my number one. Um, see, I'm in a shot. I I don't know. I might surprise people with uh, who my number two is. But who's that? Um, uh, I'm going over to uh, Cincinnati and Luke Fickle. With oh, hell, two. dude, that'd be an incredible move. Luke Fickle is two. I think he was my number two when John and I did our list, uh, you know, back in whatever, September. Yeah, I think I think Fickle is number two for me. Um, I think I'm, I'm getting more interested in Chris Peterson. I don't know if he's. See, th- and I, I like as somebody asked, somebody asked or mentioned, I'll read the uh, comment. Taking this with a huge, this is Josh. I'm taking this with a huge grain of salt, but I have a buddy who knows, who he says he knows a guy in the department. His guy says Chris Peterson is pretty much a done deal. Again, I don't believe uh, it, but it stresses the fact how annoying the weight is. For the record, there, I think we hit on this a little bit last week too, Jack. There is a, there has been some smoke with Chris Peterson. Now I've asked around and I've not been able to get anything definitive. There are some that I talk to that are like, there is no chance. He is not going to coach ever again. And there are others who bring his name up as kind of along the lines of what Josh just said of like, I think it's going to be him. Not he's a candidate, but I think it's going to be him. So that there is some noise out there. It's just, it's October, you know, it's October right now. What, what is and isn't realistic. Like that just doesn't like to have it almost locked up now just seems I don't know, man. I feel yeah. like that that would start spreading I mean, a little if, bit more, but maybe what I'm if wrong. Mickey wins? <laughs> what if Mickey does win four more games? Right? Are you yeah, still going to yeah. do it at that point? Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, exactly. Yeah, I don't know, but I think I, he would be on my top five. Chris so Peterson I, for the longest time was my number one. He was who I wanted at Boise. He and then and then uh, and then when they fired or when when Washington got him in thirteen, I thought Nebraska missed their their chance. If they would have fired Bo in twenty thirteen, I've always wondered if they could have right. got him. By the way, guys, you guys are all talking about what Michael's heard. I guarantee it's Chris Peterson that he's heard too. Okay, Don't, I mean, I, I bet that's what he's talking about. The same thing. Yeah, he's saying eighty what, percent of the fan base. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm going to guess that's what he's saying. He heard too. Uh, so then I got, and then I got. I still have Matt Campbell in my top five. I do still have Matt Campbell there. Uh, I'd, I'd still be. I'd have him over Leipold at this point. Yeah. Um, so that's four I mentioned. Those are my top Interesting. four. You have him above Leipold? Yeah, I'd have Campbell above Leipold still. You still, have not still he's like, more proof. Just... I, I still think he's more. Uh, I'm so concerned about a guy who is actually proven. Leipold still has got a short enough tenure at Kansas that it could be a little fluky for me. I just am not yeah. sure. Um, so... Fair. That's fair. I just, I'm, I've been a little surprised just knowing you and knowing kind of like what you like and what you dislike in a coach or a program. Leipold almost seems like he was built in a lab for you to like, I think. And so I'm I'm still a little surprised I don't know. that you have like, hopped I, all over the I'll tell you what, though. If I saw Leipold, I haven't heard. When you say he's built enough for me, like, you mean his, like, personality or something? Or what do you Just mean by like, that? Just, like, 
how he wins, I think his style, I think that they play a fun style of football. I think his resume is really good. You know, his Midwestern kind of resume. Yeah. Though maybe, I guess you don't really care about the I Big don't get it much into that. I mean, Lane, Lane Kiffin and Chris Peterson. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, And I've always wanted Whitting Whittingham's always been the one. My big thing is, like, legit, my yeah. big thing has always been you got to try Love somebody Whittingham. who's had success with experience in, in Power 5. Uh, yeah. Football, so that would also I be don't a kick-ass hire. But maybe I'll put like, Leipold as my fifth. I don't know who are your five. So I found the thing that I sent to John. This was September twentieth. I had Aranda, Fickle, O'Brien, Stoops, Matt Campbell, and then my wild card is Leipold. And and going back to what you said a few minutes ago, I put this list together kind of with names that I thought were realistic, and thus were like on a lot of the list. Like that's why I had O'Brien third. Like if I was putting together a normal list, I don't think O'Brien would be third. But I put him on there just because I do think that he is an actual candidate for the job. And so I thought that I had to rank him. Uh, I don't know if Stoops is realistic anymore. Um, yeah, but I, I think he be... anymore. Yeah, you His don't. doesn't come up anymore. Yeah, people are saying it less and less. Uh, so, yeah, that was my top five. And then Leipold, Leipold in there. Um, and see, it's so funny because I just said, like, everyone's riding the roller coaster. And I feel like I am kind of riding it, too. And it's that's what annoys me about this damn surge lasting so long is that now I am poking holes in a Dave Aranda. Now I am poking holes in, you know, in this coach and in that coach. And in Matt, I mean, Matt Camp, Matt Campbell, man, he, he is uh, he's very interesting right now because he has turned into Scott Frost in that he keeps losing all these one score games. Mm-hmm. It took him until this year to finally beat Iowa. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, he. You know what he what's going on? He kind of reminds me of Brady on the sidelines right now. He just looks stressed as hell, and he's always yelling. And, like, Ugh. in the end, I don't really care about that. But he just does not seem like he's having a good time this year. I wonder if – I just wonder if if everything's maybe getting to him. He, we're all human, right? Like, could could the stress of this – of him, his name being involved in coaching searches and maybe passing on better opportunities in years past, and, like, all that's coming home to roost in the worst way Or maybe him. it was just his wide receiver dropped a wide-open touchdown. Or that, and too. Then, or that then there too. was a targeting call that wasn't called that probably should have been in the next mm-hmm. play and a fumble that cost his team the game, but – yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's that's fair. I mean, this is what overthinking it is, though, Josh. Like, exactly. This is uh, this is why it's been going on for a month because now I'm like, I don't know if I want that coach. Yeah, yeah. I and, and then nice. I guess I didn't even consider. Well, I didn't even. I guess Aranda might be on my might be my fifth. I forgot him. Uh, mm-hmm. He could be my fifth, or or Mickey could be my fifth too. You know, my heart yeah. still kind of wants that too. Yeah. So that's yeah. probably where I, I am. Look, I can I can talk myself into Mickey pretty easily. There are some that I talk to that think he's like actually going to be the guy. Like they're not even just like, yeah, he's a candidate. They think Mickey is going to be the next head coach. And like we had, we had one listener reach out today and said, "Look, I think, I think he's going to be the guy. And if that's the case, they need to just hire him now so we can start recruiting." Mm. And I'm like, okay. I mean, if they, if that is the end game, yeah, sure, why not? But man, that would be quite the move to hire a dude Ooh. in season after four. I games. saw Carricker had this thing. He said he thought if they hire Mickey, they should do it after the Wisconsin game. Interesting. Uh, for whatever that's what I think probably I would say if you're gonna hire recruiting. him, just do it as soon as possible. If if he's the guy. Jeez. I, I can't still can't get out of my head, Josh, the first press conference with Trev, where he sounded for all the world to me, and I know people interpreted this differently, but he sounded for all the world to me, Trev did, like he didn't want to hire Mickey then. Like he was yeah, I, like he was trying and there's to still a part like, of me that wonders if Mickey wants the job or if he ever yeah, did or me if, too. That, if me he too. didn't and now he does. Me, yeah. That's the other thing. That he, seems he, the most likely. I can see – I mean, he may not have at the beginning, or he may have been reluctant. But, like, mm-hmm. if you have some level of success, 
it's human nature to start to say, you know yeah, what, I exactly. could do this, right? Yeah, exactly. Yep. I think that I think that that's probably what's happened. I think that's probably what's happened. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, the Chris Peterson. No, Chris Peterson's doing TV, right? Yeah, he works for Fox. He uh, see the one thing that worries me about him, and this is why. You know, if he is available or if he's on the list, I, I would really have to think if he's my number one is like for basically when he resigned or when he retired, he basically said he was like burned out. He was he was he was tired. And that like, does that have to be an automatic eliminator? No. Um, Dick Vermeil was burnt out with the Eagles. He came back with the Rams and had success. He had success with the Chiefs. But as, I mean, as Jake points out name, image, likeness, recruiting like. Things have changed in college football. You know, he his last year was the same season, or maybe no, the second to last season. It basically it's the same time frame as Urban Meyer. And you know, we John and I had all these concerns about Urban beyond just him being a piece of shit, but that he got out right before college football really changed. And I think that there is a there's a lot of validity to wonder about a guy who got out of college football. At that time, the thing is, and I'll just argue with myself, Chris Peterson is an incredible coach. He built Boise. I mean, like he followed Hawkins, but he took Boise State into the stratosphere. And then he went to Washington, a team that had been middling for years. And he made them a playoff contender within what, three or four seasons. And they won the Pac-12, I think one or two other times. Like he went to a Rose Bowl. Like that guy is awesome. Great talent evaluator. He did it at Boise. He did it at Washington. Um, I think he'd put together a really good staff. I think he'd represent the program really well. Like, Peterson is – he checks, like, all the boxes, man, except for – I just except worry. For, is he too old game. slash is he burnout? Yeah. It's tough. There's no perfect coach. Every every coach has a flaw. Men. Every yeah, single one has do. a flaw. And it's it's going to be harder not to focus on that the further that we get into this whole thing, uh, yeah. which puts in a, Trev in a bad position. You know, frankly. Yeah, it does. Like, th- I can't imagine having to do this stuff, man. Like, this is going to be a really, really tough decision. And that's why I said it on the show today, and, and I know we're out of time now, so we can put a pin in this for maybe Saturday. But, like, I do wonder, for me, there, there is, like, this part where I'm just like, the next hire probably is not going to work. And so, like, that's why I don't feel like I'm ever going to get up in arms about the guy that they hire, whether it's Mickey someone with no experience as a head coach except for this year, Leipold, a guy who's barely been in the Power Five, Chris Peterson, a coach who was burnt out. You know, you name all of them, and at a certain point, I'm either going to talk myself into them or I'm just going to be, like, kind of pessimistic, like, yeah, we'll see what happens. I just – there's just not the, the the slam dunk dude out there. And yeah. maybe that's a good thing, you know, because I thought that Frost was going to be a slam dunk and he sucked. You know, w- one other thing. You had Fickle on your original list. I have number two on mine. Is his mm-hmm. the lack of conversation about him weird right now that we uh, I don't know. Is he just I not think, been mentioned much? Is or is that I just me? I think he hasn't been mentioned I think because I don't think he's a realistic candidate and I why? I, I guess like se- stepping back, if he was a realistic candidate, I think I would have heard and I think other people would have heard who kind of put together the lists and I think his name would be mentioned more. And that's not to like toot my own horn, but I do think if I had been told by one of my best sources that, yeah, Fickle is very much in the mix, dude, I wouldn't shut up about it on the radio, and I just haven't heard his name. So, like, and I'm not saying I don't believe you, but why do you? Why would you think that is? Like, never left Ohio. He's always coached in Ohio, and for the, I think he is holding out for Notre Dame uh, or Ohio State, and he missed Notre Dame last year because they were a playoff team. Cincinnati was, 
And Ohio State, I think, is always potentially going to open under Ryan Day because Ryan Day is going to have NFL teams coming after him year after year. So that is why I think so, I think he's hanging out and waiting for, for Ohio State or Notre Dame, mainly Ohio State. Okay, last question for you. I'll make this guess, too. So assuming – so we, got, we, we talked about the Peterson stuff. That may or may not be true. Um, if it's not it, – let's say it's not, though. Just who's your – if you had to – if you said, okay, put your best bet down, who do you think it's going to be? Who who would you say if you take – because we're all trying to read this Peterson smoke. But beyond that, mm-hmm. who, is it a Leipold? Is it a Randa? I think I think it's Kane. Mickey. It's Mickey. Hmm. If I had to bet, I think I'd bet Mickey today. Hmm. Mine is not based on, you know, mine is not based on any inside sources or anything like that. But I still – I still have a Campbell. feeling the Campbell thing might happen. Yeah, I, I don't. I, 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 I think there was contact. I think there was interest last year. I think what you pointed out about the way Man- Campbell is starting to feel like he's hit a wall there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. It's or hard. O'Brien maybe. <laughs> and for the record, this is not. This is not really inside info. This is more just. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I, I think Man. I'm just kind of read reading everything. I just. I wonder if that's going to be the play. I'll, t- I'll tell you what, though. If it is, if it would be Peterson, I, I I totally agree with what you said about his record. I also agree with what you said about the possible concerns about taking the time off. Like you know what the reaction is going to be, you know, to the the radio caller on that one going to on the Peterson. Pac-12. Yeah. Oh God! The, if that's the case, I'm gonna I'm gonna yell at those people because the be reaction the, to Chris Peterson should be should be incredible like that would be it's and so many people are gonna say well this seems like another riley to me i guarantee you probably you're probably right you'll get tons that would be such a good hire he had so much more success than mike riley like it's their their careers could not be any more different mike riley never won a conference chris peterson took with washington to the playoff washington is the last pac-12 team to make the playoff and chris peterson was the coach and they only lost to bama by 17 like ugh I'd be really mad hearing that, but you're right. You're right. Like it'd be so funny because the national reaction to Chris Peterson, they would be like, "No way!" Trev got Chris Peterson to come out of retirement to coach at Nebraska. They could. They they'd be blown away. They'd be absolutely blown away. Yeah, I'd like it. I'd like it. I would have some concerns, but I'd like it. I mean, it's on my top five. But I'm just. I am. I'm just hedging. I'm hedging. I'm getting ready. Trev better be getting ready for that moment too. Really, no matter who he picks, though, at this point. Yeah, yeah, that's going to happen. It, it really isn't there. All right, uh, I think that is it for now. Uh, so, uh, by the way, Josh, did you see 2.30 game for uh, Illinois? So, Thank God. I think we're going to have a regular God. We day. We do another after dark show. Plus, Jack, I'm not training anymore, so I will be enjoying beverages with you during said show. Nice. Okay. Yeah. So, that, that yeah. would be a week from Saturday. We will have a regular day on Illinois Day. We were thinking about letting the public in one day. I don't know if we're, we haven't decided if we're going to do that or not for that. Oh Illinois yeah, day. we're going to do that for Illinois. We can do I that for know. Illinois. We had we had got our, our our club members got really snobby when we started talking. Oh, about did that, they? So, yeah. Oh, <laughs> they don't want us to do a free day. They don't want us to let a, a little peek behind the curtain. Uh, so I don't know. We'll we'll talk about that. We can talk about that. All right. Uh, good, but uh, I, I, this week though, this week we'll do a regular coffee show. I mean, we can do a. After dark show too, although it wouldn't change much with the games are going. We could just you know we could do a watch party again or something. Mm-hmm. On, yeah, we'll figure Saturday, something out Saturday so we can night. do two things on Saturday. Is it a good is it a good night slate this week? I don't think so. Okay, I think it's bad. Let me check. Yeah, we 
just going to pull it up here. Who can type in lsufootball.net slash TV Kansas State TCU. Never mind. That's a Ooh, fun night game. Let's watch Adrian together. Hey, hey, uh, your Minnesota Golden Gophers are traveling to play Penn State. Ooh, that's going to be Mississippi State at Alabama? That could be weird. That Penn, that Penn, Penn State's going to beat that, but beat them by forty. But you guys can all respect all the right, hell out of Minnesota. Settle down. You guys, uh, can you, get, UCLA you can... at Oregon. By the way, that's the game day game. That's at two thirty. So if we wanted to do like a end of of early day, you know, or mid afternoon games, we could figure out something at uh, dinner time. It'd be fun to do another watch thing where we're actually watching the games. That yeah, fun. yeah. Let's watch Adrian together. Kill me. <laughs> 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 That's what I tweeted today because somebody put out the stat that he's not thrown in any interception. I was like, man, we're like we're like two games away from Adrian going thirty-seven for thirty-seven, breaking all of Davy O'Brien's <laughs> record, and then like and then like resuscitating a fan who collapsed at the midfield after the game. Is <laughs> and over then he and saved a life. life. <laughs> That's where we're at. That's where. We're, that's how absurd Adrian's season is going to get. And yeah, then he'll get in the Heisman yeah. conversation. And then he'll cure cancer, and then he'll as cure Jake cancer. says. That's, that's right. That's exactly right. All right. Goodbye, podcasters. Uh, if you want to uh, hear these live or you want to get them immediately after they are recorded, go to patreon.com slash i80club. Become a patron or a club member, and you can join us for all the fun and excitement every time we do this. Have a good one, podcasters. Bye-bye.